We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is June 5th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, you know I am joined by the co-host, Luke Sylvia, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm I'm a little tired. I was uh, I was in Tampa this weekend. Uh, my buddy is getting married here in a couple weeks. We Friday night did a little casino action as well as Saturday night, and uh, that went terribly. And then we did Bush Gardens on Saturday, which was fun. I I wore my my Markel Fultz. I actually this was rude, and we'll, we'll discuss this now. I I sent a picture of myself wearing this Markel Fultz jersey in our group chat and all Jonathan could say was you are white in all caps white emphasis on on the white which you know it's no secret I'm I'm not a tanned fellow but um that's how I started my day on Saturday and then you just needed went some to Bush Gardens. You, you needed some vitamin D that's all I and I will tell you I I got some sun um so no worries there. I, I got some sun for sure. Took off the jersey later and I was like, wow, okay. So I I even put on sunscreen, but I, I didn't reply. Probably my issue. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we did we did a lot of roller coasters, had a good time. They took out my main qualm is they took out the three point shooting contest that used to be there. I don't know if you've oh, done yeah, it I, or been, been and seen there. it. Yep. So I think it was COVID that took Wasted it. Wasted many but, a dollar there. Yeah, me too. Um yeah, so that was my only my only disappointment that day. Really, a couple rides closed down, but did the the, the main ones. Did you do Shikra? Yes. Oh, gross. Shikra, Cheetah. Uh, what's it called? Montu, Montu. or something like Montu that. Montu is my favorite. Montu's that Montu's kind of wild. I liked yeah. it. It's a good time. I but, don't like I yeah, don't like and, heights, but I do roller coasters. Something about Shikra where you're just sitting there for I, Dude, I the did top, it, it was, once in high school. Awesome. It was like um Halloween horror nights or how they call mm. it hollow scream there, excuse me. So mm. it, it's at night, so you really can't see everything. Like during the day, there's no way you would get me on that to be able to just like look out amongst front you know, everything. Front row, baby, on that one. Good for you, bro. 
put me over the edge, I was, man, it was electric. You might time. be very white, but you're not yellow. You have a lot of courage. Was, you're, you're a brave yes, fella. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. All right. We're going to start the show. We have, we have some, some sad news. Uh, it has mm. been announced via his Twitter that Orlando Sentinel, Orlando Magic beat writer and friend of the podcast, our friend, Kobe Price, he will be concluding his watch on June 22nd, the day of the draft. He's leaving the Orlando Sentinel. He's leaving Orlando. And the boy is moving out to Hollywood to cover the mother-freaking Lakers. (laughs) So we're incredibly sad. For those of you who have had the privilege to have any type of interaction with Kobe, whether it be on Twitter or especially in person, super nice guy, like could not be a nicer guy. And anytime that we've wanted him on the show or we've just had you know, questions and, and looking for advice in this covering the, the magic, he like where some people would like hold their trade secrets, like very near and dear to their heart. Kobe has been like so generous and like forthcoming with everything just really going to miss the dude and he is one heck of a writer and no one has done a better job of covering the Orlando magic than Kobe price has. And it sucks for the magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the Obviously the worst part is the void that is going to be left. Obviously we think, you know, Orlando Sentinel will, will hire somebody. Will they be as good as Kobe price? I hope so. Not likely. I hope so, but I, I just, I just don't know. Kobe was really great about getting answers, asking the questions that need to be asked. Really had a pulse on the Magic community, in my opinion. Just being very in tune on social media, seeing what people are saying, whether good takes, stupid takes. We've seen them all. Kobe saw them all. We've tweeted. But he, them. he We've really tweeted asked the good the takes and the bad takes. That's true. That's true too. So, just a, a all around great job by Kobe. It stinks that it was what a year and a half, couldn't be longer. But it just means that you know Kobe, bigger fish to fry out there in L.A., and I'm I'm happy for him. But it does, like I said, it leaves a void. The the Doctor Seuss saying, "Don't be sad that it's over. Be you know happy that it happened." I'm happy mm-hmm. that it happened. I'm hoping that I'm happy that Kobe you know had his time here. And to your point, like asking good questions and asking questions that like fans wanted to know the answers to, you know, like I don't think that is as prevalent as it should be. Like at the end of the day, the fans are the ones that are driving this bus. You you ever see that? uh, I don't know if it was like the vine days, but it's like Mm the, the, the kid that's doing like the ratchet white girl. He's like, Who's driving this bus? You know, who's driving this? Who's bus? driving this bus? Like, don't forget who's driving this bus, folks. It's the fans. And Kobe did just a great job, like you said, interacting with fans and and asking questions that fans wanted to know. So, shout out to our boy Kobe. We know he's going to kill it in L.A. Are you are you shocked that like L.A. was like, hey, we're taking this guy from Orlando? Not okay. Should, I'm not even doing the Shaq Dwight thing. I'm just saying, should, like, should we? Like. <laughs> I'm not shocked at all that a market like LA wanted a guy like Kobe. Like, no, of course, it was only it, a matter it, of time, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And aside from the jokes of you know the inevitability of a a stud from Orlando going to LA, it happens, unfortunately. 
But what I will say, Kobe deserves it, uh, has earned it. And I, I'm as far as like paywalls go, the athletic bothers me a little bit. Right. But as far as how they do it and just paywalls in general, but Kobe created such great content that it absolutely justified the very small amount to pay and be a subscriber get because of, of the interviews, like that the one-on-ones that he would do uh, just reporting on, on players and health and injury and any type of thing that he heard, he put it out there and you had the ability to go and get it. So I just, it says a lot that your quality can match, you know, the, the fact that you have to pay to see the stuff and, and Kobe did a really great job and that's a hard job to do more than worth the price of admission. Like I like legitimately, yeah. I would have paid double what I was paying for the, the coverage that Kobe price provided. I will mm-hmm. now be canceling my Orlando Sentinel subscription until if, when we, the athletic just let us out to dry. I would think that the Orlando Sentinel is going to replace, you know, and, and fill that position relatively quickly. It, it, you know, they probably want to find the right guy. It may take some time for that to happen. But whoever, guy or girl, I should say, and whoever it is, is going to have to earn my subscription back. I'm not just like, oh, here, here we go. Like, come in, put in the work. We know that the community is going to accept anybody with open arms. We'll be happy about the coverage. Obviously, we'll try to have whoever it is on the show. But yeah, it sucks for Orlando Magic fans. That's that's about the the best way that I can put it. Yeah. All right, folks. Wanted to remind you all really quickly about the Orlando Magic throwing their draft party coming up on the 22nd of June. It's a Thursday night. It's the night of the NBA draft. If you're in the area, if you're in Central Florida, drive on over to Orlando. You can go to orlandomagic.com to reserve your tickets. They are free. You don't have to pay anything, but you do have to reserve your tickets so the Magic can kind of get a head count as to how many people are going to be there. We'll be there hanging out, and we hope to see you all. So again, that's going to be on the 22nd uh, at Amway Center in downtown Orlando. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. During the first finals game on last Thursday night, Luke, uh, this movie, which I don't know how I feel about the premise of this movie, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo is one of my all-time favorite video game franchises. But our boy, Paolo Bancaro, featured in this commercial, with uh, with Zach Levine and Boban, and I, th- I feel like I'm missing someone else that was in this commercial. I know uh, David Harbour, I believe, is the the actor from Stranger Things. He was in the commercial as well. But Paolo rocking that awesome Orlando Magic race jacket that I need to have. I need to have some version of that. I think at some point in my life, it's weird to me that it doesn't already exist because I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, like race jackets like nascar jackets were like an actual hot thing and i'm just surprised that like an orlando magic version of that was never made well it's got to be now that's the news there it's got to happen give us give us the jacket we don't always get what we want i don't know if you're aware of that it's an unfortunate truth but i've never cared about those jackets and all of a sudden palo bancaro Don's the Orlando Magic logo. And I'm like, ah, well, here's my wallet. You know, give it to me. So the race jacket did it for you, but the Jinko jeans did not. Mm, it's a good assumption. Yeah. It, jeans didn't. Actually, put Paolo 
in that magic jacket and put him on the cover. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I would have liked to see that as well. But no, it was cool to and, see and him in the in the commercial. A little bit of national recognition in the the very beginning of the commercial. Zach Levine's like, "Oh, I'm a you know whatever like rook," and he's like, "That's rookie of the year." Like, throw mm-hmm. some respect on my name, Zach Levine. <laughs> Potential future Orlando Magic. Who knows? Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen there? Who who knows what's going to happen in Chicago? But no, that was a, a pretty cool commercial. As we're recording this. The first quarter of game two of the NBA finals just ended. Miami, who had a, a decent lead in the first quarter, only up three at the end of the first. So oh, we're hoping that those we Denver Nuggets go up 2-0, beat the dirty, stinking, freaking heat. And uh, and yeah, I mean, were you surprised at all by game one and the way that that kind no. of unfolded? No, no. And and if our if our listeners tuned in, they heard our predictions. I have the Nuggets in four. Sticking to it. I feel good about it. After game one, I was like, oh, I don't know. Not not enough heart in the world could compensate for the talent <laughs> that the Denver Nuggets have uh from their whole roster. They're just they're so deep. They're so good. And they're led by one of the best players in the NBA. Maybe the best. I don't know. He's he's nuts. You know, there's been this conversation like ever since LeBron started to slip a little bit, slip a little bit about who is like the best player in the league now. And we've gone through iterations of like, oh, maybe it's Steph, maybe it's Kawhi, maybe it's Giannis, maybe it's Embiid, maybe it's Jokic. You know, we've gone through like a, a number of guys here. Obviously, a few of those guys, like we know it's not Kawhi, dude just doesn't play enough. Embiid hasn't had enough playoff success to really get that mantle. Steph is always a, an interesting conversation to me because it's always tough when even though he is one of the very best offensive players we've ever seen in this league, the fact that the dude is almost always covering the other team's worst perimeter defender or perimeter player or sometimes just the other team's worst player in general, it's hard for me to be like, hey, you know what, that that guy is is the best player in the league. Uh, you know, 15, 16, maybe those are outliers because he was just so incredibly unbelievable. But Jokic, man, like for me, it's between Jokic and uh, Jokic and, and Giannis right now. And to be able to give a guy the ball in the last five minutes of an important playoff game, to me, that's a big deal. And, and Giannis proved in, in, in the first round this year against the Heat that kind of can't do that when, when they're looking to foul him and put him on the free throw line. He doesn't have the confidence or the ability really to knock down those shots consistently. So like Jokic is is that guy for me right now. And I know that's kind of prisoner of the moment. It's an easy thing to say. He's playing in the NBA Finals and everybody is all Jokic, but like the dude is unbelievable. Yeah, does everything. I read something. Uh, let's, I'm trying to remember what it was, but someone at one point talks about Jokic and is kind of describing him and everything. And they get down to the end and they say something to the effect of like, he's the model NBA player for efficiency and one of the most creative players of all time. And he really is. And he's creative because it, his ability allows him to be, you know, you can be creative, but if you don't have the ability to make things happen, if you don't have the ability to sling something from the freaking block, opposite block out to the corner, uh, out of the post, then you can't do it. Right. Everyone has the idea. They see the guy in the corner, but they can't all make the plays. Jokic has the creativity and the execution to match. 
He's just he he's insane. That's why his team is in the NBA Finals right now. What has been your opinion of Jamal Murray like the last four or five years, and has that changed at all this year? I think as far as Jamal Murray goes, we got put on notice in the bubble, right? Bubble comes around, Jamal Murray. That's when I was like, whoa, this guy, this guy, if Nikola Jokic wasn't around, what would Jamal Murray be? What is his ceiling? What could he do? I don't know that I still have the answer, but I feel pretty good about Jamal Murray in general. I I would say I was already pretty locked into Jamal Murray, just how incredible he is and can be because of that bubble, the bubble performances. But he's just continued to show that he's that guy. He's unreal. A few years ago, this is predating the bubble. When the Nuggets decided to give Jamal Murray the max, I was like, what the hell you're giving Jamal Murray mm-hmm. the max? And I think I've tweeted this out like since, but like I've apologized to Jamal Murray long ago, <laughs> probably around the time of the bubble. And I was kind of like on the Jamal Murray, like this dude is fantastic. Like this dude is legitimately one of the best guards in our league. And then towards the end of what was that, the 2021 season where he tears the ACL and then he missed, I believe all of last season, if I'm not mistaken, and just the way that he's performed in these playoffs, how many times do we see a guy who is, because I think Jamal Murray is at the point now where he's overrated, like a guy that is pro, like, how close would you say he is to like a DeMar DeRozan? Like in, in a casual conversation, I feel like people would rate them fairly similarly. I think Jamal Murray is head and shoulders better than DeMar DeRozan. Like uh, the, you the, said that, uh, you said Jamal was overrated. Do you think you think he's underrated though, right? I I meant underrated. Yes. I yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, an I idiot. Just wanted to yeah. Clarify I, 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 for I, I, thank you very much. I knew much. what you meant, I'm an but idiot. I, I need to put it on. You the know record. what I was putting down, but yes, I have a, uh, a, a habit of of misspeaking because I'm stupid. Yes. <laughs> Jamal Murray is underrated in my opinion. And just the way that he's you, performed during these playoffs and guys that have his skill set in his bag, we we see them take bad shot after bad shot after bad shot. Jamal Murray, in my opinion, I watch him play basketball. I'm like, this dude's IQ is so high, and I never feel like, Jamal, that was a bad shot. Yeah, I think you pose a question. How do you stack up Jamal and DeMar DeRozan? I think in the regular season and what the numbers show, and I'll share in a second, the numbers show as far as the scoring abilities that DeMar DeRozan is a better regular season player. But Jamal Murray, when the playoffs come, and and it's no secret to anybody, but your stars need to elevate their games. DeMar DeRozan doesn't do what Jamal Murray's done when it comes to the postseason. Jamal Murray, when it counts, right, he he scored 20 points per game this season. Two seasons ago when he did play, because you were right, he missed last season to the ACL. He scored 21 points a game. That's 21 points the most he scored. Uh, in the regular season playoffs though this past year 27.6 points per game 2019 2020 postseason and 19 games 26 and a half points per game so a consistent bump from jamal murray when it comes to just the productivity and even more impressive is his efficiency eight threes a game right now and he's shooting 39 percent from uh from three and and that's in the postseason 
He's shooting better from the field, more efficient from the field as well than he shot in the regular season. He shoot about the same from three percentage wise, but even more threes. Just everything you want in a number two for sure. Could he be a number one? I don't know. And who knows what the regular season numbers look like at that point? Because you you have to get those in order to get your team, you know, into the playoffs, whatever, seeding, impact winning. He does benefit from Jokic, but come postseason, John Murray holds its own. Yeah, one of the the better playoff risers of this generation, I think. Could he be a number one? Sure. On a playoff team? Yeah. On a contender? No. And that's why he has Jokic. Like, I cannot think of a better number two to Jokic than Jamal Murray. You have any idea what I would do to have Jamal Murray on the Magic as our starting two guard? Like, Jamal Murray is exactly the type of player that the Magic need to insert into that starting lineup. Like, if we could put Jamal Murray into our two guard with Markel. Franz, Paolo, Wendell Carter Jr. Like you would have me talking reckless. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be ready to say they're winning the title next year, but I'm not ready to say that they couldn't either. Like uh, that would have me talking absolutely reckless. I would love Jamal Murray on the Magic, but that'll never happen. So, and mm, it probably serves me right for laughing when he got the max. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, great player. All right, Monty Williams, I just want your take on this really quickly. Got paid about a gazillion dollars now to be the the Detroit Pistons head coach. I think it was a six-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, like $132 million. I think it was like six years, $132 million. Now, I believe that makes him the highest paid head coach in the NBA. And it, it's just crazy that he's getting paid that much to just lose to the Magic in the playoffs year after year after year. <laughs> Uh yeah, I listen, the Pistons are looking to go you know, over 500 for the first time since 2015. They saw the guy they wanted and they handed him what he wanted. Probably they might have offered it to him and he was like, "Whoa." But yeah, I'm I'll do it. Absolutely. I wasn't going to. But since you offered me that amount of money, I'm going to. Absolutely. And I think that's what it boils down to, right? Like you have to the Detroit Pistons clearly have the awareness to be like, uh, if this is just kind of, it, he has the pick of the litter, he isn't picking us. But if we give him enough money, he has no choice. And they gave him more than enough money, in my opinion, to snag him. I mean, uh, they're, they're trying to, they're desperate. Have you seen, there's a few different iterations of this TikTok. Usually it's done of of uh you know guys who they are alluding to being like families of immigrants when they're pretending to be at a girl's house and they're like hey like this isn't going to work out between us like I don't think we should see each other anymore blah 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 and then he's like oh like you made you made kimchi like you made this yourself and he's like hold on a second he he starts eating he's like wait you you made this and he's like what are these like dumplings and he's eating he's like you made these he's like no, what I was saying was we need to move in and get married. Like, I think I'm ready to like settle down. And that was Monty Williams. Like the Pistons called him. He's like, listen, I'm taking the year off. I'm not really interested. Wait, how much? No, what I meant was like, I'm on my way to Detroit. Like right now, like mm-hmm. th- that kind of money, nobody's going to turn that down. And although I am kind of like tongue in cheek, joking about the the magic and the Pistons, which will be meeting in the playoffs on a semi-regular basis for years to come. I truly believe that in the Eastern conference, 
the Monty Williams hire makes me a little bit nervous because I think he's a great mm-hmm. coach. He obviously, you know, did a, a great job in helping, you know, Devin Booker, who was already, you know, kind of starting to develop, but expedite that and turn him into arguably the best two guard in the league and take a roster that wasn't very good at the time and, and basically turn them into contenders with a few, you know, adjustments to their roster. So happy for Detroit good talented young team i still like our roster a little bit more although maybe i am a bit biased but monty williams i think is a great hire but that is like a ton of money for a head coach yeah i agree but like i said they're desperate man haven't been over 500 since 2015 looking to get something done got to get something going and that's their guy i mean i'd be ecstatic about a monty williams hire for sure so i get it detroit has to be feeling pretty good right now yeah in uh 2021 when we hired Jamal if Monty Williams had been available and we had hired Monty Williams I would have been doing backflips I would have been ecstatic <laughs> as uh Denver yeah. now has a nine point lead with eight minutes and 18 seconds to go in the second <laughs> quarter suck it Miami you losers <laughs> one more I thing here as well uh the uh team USA for the FIBA World Cup some of the the rosters have have been announced so uh, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves have been named to the roster so far. Obviously, there's going to be more additions to that over the the next few weeks here. But uh, I'm starting to you know get kind of excited to watch our our boys Franz and, and and Mo Wagner you know playing for Germany. I know there were a few other guys like Isaiah Hartenstein was talking about uh, potentially playing for you know Germany in, in this year's FIBA World Cup. So hopefully, you know, our guys uh, show out and we're, we're still kind of waiting on the word with Paolo. I know Team USA has been pursuing him. Italy has been pursuing him. Where do you fall? Like, where would you like to see Paolo play in the FIBA World Cup? Or do you not want him to play in the FIBA World Cup? I would love to see him on Italy. I would love really? to see him on Italy. It is so would be so much more interesting than seeing him as just a, a wheel in the cog of Team USA. Yeah, well. Listen, you ask, I'm sure if Mavericks fans, if you went to them and you're like, hey, would you rather Luca play Slovenia or do you like him to play for Team USA if he could, right? Like if it was a realistic possibility. And 10 times out of 10, they'd say, I'll take the one where he is, like you said, not just part of it, of a really great team, but has the ability and opportunity to do something awesome and be the reason that the team advances as far as they do, because Luka Doncic did just that. Now, does Paolo Bancaro do that for Italy? Probably not, but eventually, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. So you give him year after year, you know, opportunities to play with FIBA and Olympics, all that kind of stuff. Eventually, it'll come, and it'll help be, you know, put the magic even more on the map, which is what we're all about. But it would be awesome to see Paolo be the lead guy for Italy. And reports right now is that it's looking unlikely that Paolo is going to play for the Mm -hmm. Italian national team. Uh, Would love to see that. Uh, Looking here, it says, uh, we are currently on standby. And if I'm being honest, I feel more pessimistic than optimistic. Bancaro has been overwhelmed by events in recent months. The Italian Basketball Federation president Gianni Petrucci said if he won't be with us for the World Cup, we now hope for the Paris Olympics. So it really doesn't seem likely, but 
with that statement, I guess it's probably unlikely that he even plays for Team USA. I don't know that I hate that. Like it would be cool. At least like he'll be named to the USA select team. Like if anything, right? And to, like mm-hmm. that experience I think is also invaluable. I think if I remember correctly, like Tobias Harris, Jonathan Isaac, I believe Aaron Gordon, they all played, you know, for the the USA select team and they said it was an incredible experience kind of going up against that caliber of players day in and day out. So if nothing else, I would I would like to see something like that where he has some kind of involvement. But yeah, yeah, is it would love is to it see weird to you Italy. that is it weird to you that I'm pretty positive I heard correctly on a podcast recently, Paolo talk about he had never been to Italy. Like he's he's got ties like bloodline ties, but he's never been. I wonder if there's any. I don't know if there's any if the hesitancy on his side comes from like I've not really even experienced it very like at all going there and all that. Yeah, I don't know because I watched other interviews when he was in high school and he seemed like pretty intent on playing for Italy. Like he thought that would be a a great uh, opportunity for him to like globalize his branding by playing Mm -hmm. for the Italian national team. So maybe there's an element of that. I really don't know. I just hope at some point we see it because like seeing him get 25 shots a game and averaging like 30 to 35 points per game in like the FIBA World Cup group stage would be incredible. (laughs) It would just be so much fun to see him like destroying other countries. And like if there's a a Team USA versus Italy and Paolo Bancaro is just like going at these dudes (laughs) and like an all-star team essentially – and gives them like 35. Are you kidding me? You have any idea how <laughs> your boy be sweating? Then listen, I, I, I'm go- going back to if Paolo, him not being to Italy, that sort of thing has played a part. I've got it on good authority. He's going to be in Italy this summer. So there's no excuses after, after this summer. There's there's no excuses. He's gonna Dropping, after that breaking news. Luke ties. Silvia, okay, it's just vacation this plan. before the pod. I you weren't like, hey, I'm, I'm just gonna it. I'm just gonna drop some sauce. <laughs> I wasn't planning to. Okay, but I, I right. genuinely have had that in the back of my mind about is it weird about the whole him never being there? At least from what I remember hearing on a podcast. But knowing recently, he's going to be there. So that's all. All right. Where else is he going to be? Huh? No, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't have to give his whole <laughs> summer itinerary. That's We don't have to do all no. that. Okay. <laughs> Let's shout out the folks that help make every episode possible, our wonderful, awesome patrons who we love so much. If you're interested in joining the Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Again, we literally could not do what we do every week or twice a week without the support of our patrons. So we have rookie, all-star, hall of fame, elite tier. We have all these tiers, different types of benefits where you could have access to our Discord channel. Uh, We give away free t-shirts every month. Uh, If you're part of our elite tier, you also get discounts to regular season Orlando Magic home games. So if any of that interests you, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And every episode, whenever we have them, we shout out our brand new patrons. And then we also shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons on every episode, which I will do now, starting with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines-Wiffle, 
Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, Powell and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reek, and Shahan 177, Bobby the Dawn, Himlo Ban Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanwell 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, and Fritz. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Again, find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, this is... Second episode in a row where we're giving Fazan some love, giving our writer Fazan Amer a nice little shout out. This week, this past week, uh, what day was that? That was this past Wednesday. Fazan had the great idea, or really, I think he he took it from someone else and he did give them credit, (laughs) but he tweeted out, hey, you're the general manager of the Orlando Magic. How do you continue to build around the core of Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner through the draft. So he started posing a thread of all of these polls on different choices or different decisions, I guess, that the Magic front office has to make. I think there were 11 total. Each of these had, you know, close to 400. Some of them are over 400 votes. So it's a, a really healthy sample size from the Orlando Magic community. The first one actually has almost a thousand votes. So Everybody that is involved in Orlando Magic Twitter essentially voted on this. So Luke and I thought that it would be fun for us to go through this and kind of play, you know, my GM, if you will, and kind of go through each one of these polls that Fazan did. And then at the end, we'll kind of go over the results of the community, more or less. Right, Luke? For sure. All right. So let's start with this first one. How do you continue to build around the core of Paolo and France through the draft? Uh, we'll go A, add the 2023 first round picks and veteran leaders. B, sign a big name free agent. C, add veteran depth. Or D, trade key guys for a star. Luke, what did you vote in and how would you handle this one? Yeah, I don't think it comes as a surprise, uh, but it would be adding a singular first round pick, that first option, and then uh, vet leaders. 
And I think that's really all there is to it for me. I, I sign a big name free agent. There's nobody in free agency that is even realistic, in my opinion, to get that I would be super interested in getting. So as far as like a star, uh, you know, big name free agent goes. So I, I think for me, it have to be the first one. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm good with you know both you know first round picks getting rid of a, a couple of guys that are you know on the roster if you release a guy like Chuma and you know you don't bring back Michael Carter Williams or maybe Goga and uh, you know Admiral Schofield that's going to open up a few spots to go out and sign some veteran leaders some locker room guys uh, the other part to this is like just add veteran depth which would basically be trade the first round picks for some type of veteran and then sign other veterans. So the way that this came out is a uh, add 2023 first round pick and vet leaders that got the most votes with 47.1 followed by add veteran depth with got uh, 25.6 followed by sign a big name free agent, which was 19% and then trade key guys for a star, which came 8.3% sign a big name free agent or trade trade key guys for a star. I just don't feel like we're at that point in the timeline where that makes a ton of sense currently. The next one, welcome to the 2023 NBA draft. You're on the clock with pick number six. Choose your path. Uh, and he mocks the draft one going Victor two Brandon Miller, three Scoot Henderson, four Amen Thompson, five Cam Whitmore. Then you have the choices to trade number six and veterans for a star, trade number six to move down, select Taylor Hendricks or select Asar Thompson. And Luke, where are you going here? I'm selecting Asar uh, Thompson. I think that it's hard to avoid. He's, you know, you look at Taylor Hendricks and yes, he fits the mold of shooter, shooter, shooter that we've been wanting. But Thompson has way too many tools and he doesn't even have a shot, but I think he would still be very effective in this league. So for me, there's a reason that he really was mocked top five for a very long time. And just recently, as I feel like been kind of in that six conversation, if he's there, I got to go Thompson. So I've been on the record of saying I'm fine with Asar Thompson being the pick at six. I, I get if you're like, hey, it's just way too much athleticism way too much upside to pass up at six completely get this. And this one I believe was one of the closer polls. So I'll just kind of spoil it right here. Select Osar Thompson was number one at 39.5 followed by select Taylor Hendricks with 34.1. And that's kind of where I I'm at like select Taylor Hendricks. I think just fills a need that you like you need more forward and big depth. Taylor Hendricks gives you both of those. I love his, you know, defensive versatility. I love the fact that he's you know, a shot creator. He's alluded to the fact that he feels like he can maybe create a little bit more than what he sh- was sh- like shown to do at UCF. One of his highlights is like blowing past Jarris Walker, like off the dribble, just one play, like literally the small sample size of all time. But if you're trying to talk yourself into maybe someday he can be a little bit more than like a 3D lob threat kind of guy and maybe might be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. I'm fine with Taylor Hendricks being the pick at six, even if Asar Thompson is still there. But again, I wouldn't be upset if Asar Thompson is the pick at, at six either. So it was those two options and then trade number six and vets for a star. Trading number six and veterans for a star, I just don't think that that's incredibly likely. But that was third with 18.8% of the vote. 
And then last was trade number six to move down. And that was 7.6% of the vote. I don't know that I would really hate that. It depends on what you're getting in that deal, how far you're moving back, and then who you're taking. Like if you're able to add a nice player and move back to like eight and you get Grady Dick, I'm really not that upset if there's that kind of move. It's I find this being a really hard draft to talk about and predict because like there are so many ways that this night could go, none of which would be incredibly surprising to anyone. No, I think that it's this poll was good for my mental health because what I mean by that, there's a lot of magic fans that concern me sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, and I had water in my mouth. I didn't want to spit it all over my keyboard. <laughs> but that's a nice know, they, way to put it. That's a good way to put it. They concern me sometimes. So this gives us a pulse on the reality. If magic fans are living in reality or if they're living in fantasy land, because if you guys were living in fantasy land, your answer to this uh, would be trade six and vets for a star. And I just mean by that, like, I just don't know, you know, trade trading six and any veterans on this team. I'll have, you know, just to on magic Facebook, mm -hmm. that option gets 87% of the vote. Has to, has to magic fans on Facebook. <laughs> if you're, on magic if you're Facebook, listening to this and you're like, do yourself a favor. Just get out of there. It's a wasteland. <laughs> uh but yeah so um it, it, and what i mean is just adding a star i it's not going to happen trading six and vets if we're being honest but i also don't know that the team even needs it like in this at this point in time check back with me in a couple seasons we'll see where the uh, roster's at even maybe next off season and we have a bigger sample size on our key guys and Paolo and franz mainly but yeah, I, it's just nice to see that selecting Hendricks or Thompson is really the number one options by a landslide in that poll. The next one. A few picks later, you're now back on the clock at 11. Choose your path. Seven, for reasons of the previous poll, he said Taylor Hendricks and Asar Thompson are kind of off the board. You can't get either one of those guys at 11. For this, it, it makes sense, but that's not really how it would happen, as we all know. Uh, he's mocking eight is Keontae George, who is is gaining some some lottery attention. Nine, Grady Dick. Ten, Jarris Walker. Then the options are trade 11 to move down, select Kaysen Wallace, select Jordan Hawkins, or select Derek Lively. Luke, where do you fall? On this one, I'm going Jordan Hawkins because in my path, I choose Oscar Thompson who is not a shooter. So if we want me to, you know, fill that need, because I want me to fill that need, I'm going Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, that this was one of the easiest ones to me. Uh, Derek Lively, I took Taylor Hendricks at six. So the need for Derek Lively isn't as large. And even though I got a shooter in Taylor Hendricks, I want to add more shooting. And Jordan Hawkins is arguably the best shooter in the entire draft. So yeah. So like Jordan Hawkins, that was by far and away. This was, I think, one of, not the, but one of the biggest favorites in all of the polls. Select so like Jordan Hawkins led with 54.2% of the vote, 
426 votes. I, I haven't been keeping up with the number of votes here, but this one got 426 votes. Very close number two. A trade 11 to move down was second at 17.6. Select Derek Lively was third at 17.1. And then last, select Kaysen Wallace with 11% of the vote. To me, anytime I see Kaysen Wallace or Anthony Black mock to the magic in this draft, yeah, I'm like, throw what team are you watching? It, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I throw up a lot, actually, not just a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason that it's the lowest result on this poll being Kaysen Wallace. No, you you got to you got to go Jordan Hawkins. And honestly, if I'm going Jordan Hawkins, if I'm not going like if he's not an option there. And the poll says Casey Wallace trade eleven to move down or select Derek Lively. I'm going to go Derek Lively for the fact that he can be a backup big on this team. I really think that, and just looking at you know his film and everything that he offers, Derek Lively would be a viable answer. But everybody's so hungry for shooting; it's not surprising Jordan Hawkins gets the pick. I don't know, like I get it, but I don't know that it warrants a. 54% to 17% to Derek Lively. People just aren't really thinking about the fact that the Magic need a backup big. And Derek Lively, I think, could be that. The next one here, we have entered the second round and the Orlando Magic are set to make their final selection of the night at pick 36. The options are trade 36 for two future second round picks. Select Julian Strother. Select Seth Lundy. Or select Marcus Sasser. Luke, where are you? I think this is probably a quick one. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know who Seth Lundy and Marcus Sasser are. I'm going to say it. Uh, <laughs> Facts, though. I'm taking. I'm trading 36 for two futures, uh, future second round picks. Uh, we talked about it on Mavs with Mavs draft recently with Richard Stamen. He talks about just the quality of the upcoming drafts a lot stronger than this one, in his opinion. And it's really consensus right now from what I've seen. The other option is, let's say at this point, if I didn't take Jordan Hawkins, I took Lively uh, and Thompson, which in reality, I wouldn't select two guys in my opinion, but I'd take one. Uh, but in this, I took two, right? I could see if you took Thompson and like Lively taking Julian Strother. Give you guys a glimpse of the numbers really quickly. Strother, five attempts, over five attempts from three with Gonzaga the season, shot 41%. So he can shoot. I don't know what else he could do, but he can shoot. And he's 6'7", and he's able to play the guard position as well. Wouldn't be terrible. So, But all things considered, like you said, pretty quick one, trading that pick for two future seconds. Yeah, I think there's still a really good discussion to have as we have every episode now about whether or not the Magic are going to use both of their first round picks. Like I'm probably like 60, 40 at like 60%. They will 40%. They won't. Like I won't be surprised either way they go to me. There is a 0% chance. The magic draft three rookies in this draft. I just I, don't see that happening at all. We talked about things that make us throw up. That makes me throw up. Yeah. I, thinking about drafting three people. There's just no way. So yeah, trade 36 yeah. for two future second round picks was the lead vote getter with 58.7%. Second was select Marcus Sasser with 20.4. Third, select Julian Strother with 14.9. And then last, select Seth Lundy with 6%. And I I lied earlier when I said uh, the uh, selecting Jordan Hawkins was one of the biggest favorites because this next one crushes it. 
congratulations to the 2023 NBA draft. It is now concluded. Now you have some key roster moves to make prior to entering NBA free agency. First on the chopping block of moves uh, is moves to make is point guard Markel Fultz. The options are extend Markel Fultz, sign and trade, pick up the $17 million option, or decline the $17 million option. Luke, what would you do? We're extending that man. Extend that man. I, this isn't this isn't a, a shocker nor something that requires a lot of thought. Especially if you can make it work and, and get him on a good deal. Again, we've talked about this a couple episodes ago. Just given the injury history, you know, and, and you know the last three years, you know that he's played underneath his current extension, missed most of that. So I, I think that's going to help you in negotiations with Markel Fultz. I just think you got to lock him down. Whether or not you think he's the point guard of the future, there is such a thing as just good asset management, and you cannot let an asset like Markel Fultz walk. If you have to overpay him, and then maybe you have to add a sweetener to a deal later on to trade him, if you're looking to upgrade that position or you found your upgrade already, then so be it. You cannot let Markel Fultz get to free agency. I'm not interested in it whatsoever unless it's just absolutely unreasonable. And Markel seems to be a pretty reasonable guy to me. I'd be kind of really uh, surprised if that was the case. So I'm going to extend Markel Fultz. And basically everybody agreed. Uh, 72.7% of the vote went to extend Markel Fultz. Uh, most of the other votes, 22.2% went to pick up the $17 million option. 3.2% said sign and trade. And one8 said decline. Those 1.8%, what the hell? are you guys doing that's 433 votes in total there next up cole cole anthony is under contract for one more season before becoming a restricted free agent he is currently extension eligible how do you proceed extend cole anthony or make him a restricted free agent in 2024 we're also extending him we're extending him and essentially right this is a pretty i don't know that it's split but it's some of these polls weren't close, as we shared with Markel Fultz. This one, somewhat, right? It was, it was almost 60-40, essentially, in favor of extending Cole. And essentially, the argument that I've seen is, Cole, it's not about what we want, maybe. Cole might just say, no, I want to I wanna have my, my trial run. You know, I want to have my last season to see this next season to see kind of what's what I can do, what my market's like. I can test it, see what people are willing to pay. And then you guys can see how much you value me and match it. Right. So I, I, I see the definitely the, the risk you run. If Cole's interested in extending, he's, you, you got to do it. Extend Cole Anthony or make him a restricted free agent in 2024. Like you said, pretty split 57.9 to 42.1%, 418 votes. I'm kind of surprised that it was this close. Like as much as people love Cole Anthony, I was kind of surprised that it was, I, I thought this was going to be like 70 plus percent. And I am in the camp of extending Markel Fultz. People want to talk about, oh, you know, if you're paying him $17, $18 million a year, you know, that's starter money. Right now it is, yes, but the, the cap is going to be increasing by 10% over the next several years. And two years from now, Cole Anthony, if he 
continues producing the way that he did the second half of the season, it's not going to be the equivalent of the Wendell Carter Jr. deal because that's already one of the best contracts in the NBA. It's going to it, maybe it won't live on the same street as that, but it's going to be in the same neighborhood, I think. As wow, like that's actually a really good deal that the Magic have Cole Anthony on, and I have I have some numbers that I want to give people because we've been talking about this for what feels like the last two to three months when Cole Anthony was really playing well towards the end of the season. If you're going to make the decision to extend him, it's because you believe into the production that he gave you the second half of the season. And I just want to put that production in a little bit of context. The last 40 games, Cole Anthony averaged 13.3 points per game, five rebounds, 3.6 assists. So I went to NBA.com and I looked at that date range starting with January 5th running to April 10th. I looked at players that averaged greater than or equal to 13 points per game, five rebounds, three assists per game. When you go through this list, there are really, and I'm talking about like good sample size. Like we have Raekwon Gray, who in one game scored 16 points at nine rebounds uh, or and seven assists. So I had one really good game. He's not included in this. The rest of this list that you look at, almost every single guy plays 30 plus minutes meaning they are a starter. The two guys that are the kind of exception to that rule are Zach Collins, who in 36 games, the Spurs were 9-27, and and then Cole Anthony, the Magic were 19-21 and in the 40 games that he did that. Going through the rest of this list, obviously we're getting into better players. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but we're looking at Alprin Shangoon, Aaron Gordon, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Williams, Russell Westbrook, Josh Giddy, Evan Mobley, Nikola Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic, I'm thinking of Nikola Jokic, Kevin Porter Jr., Paolo Bancaro, Bam Adebayo, Damana Sabonis, Drew Holiday, James Harden, DeJounte Murray, Car- Anthony Towns, so on and so forth. The list just goes on and on and on. Cole Anthony at his size playing his role, 25.6 minutes per game, put up numbers that when you look all across the league the last 40 games, basically only starters were putting up. Last 40 games of the year, Cole Anthony was a starter quality player coming off of the bench for the Magic and was really, really good. If he's going to continue to give you that level of production off the bench, I'm good with paying him basically starter money right now. And yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, given the evidence that I've I've just uh, offered you. But I'm I'm good with extending Cole Anthony this year if the front office, who knows better than me, if they believe that he's going to be able to sustain that kind of production in the same role. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm definitely going to be extending Cole in this situation. Yeah. Next one. The Orlando Magic are the third youngest team in the NBA, followed by the Oklahoma City Thunder and Detroit Pistons. Do you want to retain the 3 and D veteran presence of Gary Harris, or is he a roadblock in the development process? Would you pick up his $13 million option or decline his $13 million option? You guys know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. doing. I don't even got to say it. We're, we're, we're picking it up. We're picking it We're up. We're picking it up really fast. And you guys deserve a talking to who hit the decline his option button. Do you remember the film 
the the cinematic masterpiece that was Legally Blonde. <laughs> yeah, I've do you remember? Been, yes. Do you remember the the scene in the salon where we're, they're teaching everyone the bend and snap? Yeah, that's how quick I'm picking up Gary Harris's thirteen million dollar option. I'm in that. Yeah. I'm in mm-hmm. the bend and snap. Like when she breaks yep. the UPS guy's nose and they fall in love, I am picking up his option that quickly. And you and Gary Harris are falling in love. I don't know about all of that. He's a happily married man, I believe. I'm a happily married. We already married have. Man. You already. Well, you've already. Yeah, you and Gary might have fallen in love. I don't know about that, but yeah, fifty-eight point three percent. In my opinion, four hundred twelve votes. That is not high enough. Like this should be like seventy percent. Pick up his thirteen million dollar option. I don't understand the folks that want to decline the thirteen million dollar option for a team that absolutely needs a veteran presence and shooting. And that's a that's an asset. An expiring Gary Harris on a thirteen million dollar deal that you're going to be able to trade to a team that's in you know cap trouble, you know, or or a, a team looking to add a piece at the end of the year, like or towards the trade deadline, I should say, like that's too good of an asset to let go. The next one, we can talk about this, really made me upset. <laughs> Isaac's salary was initially fully guaranteed at $17.4 million per season through 2024-2025. Because Isaac didn't meet games play thresholds specified in his deal, his final three seasons now have varying guaranteed amounts. Is it time to throw in the towel? This year, would you guarantee J.I. $17 million or would you release Jonathan Isaac and essentially saving yourself $10 million this year, Luke. I'm, I'm guaranteeing guaranteeing in this situation. I I know you say it makes you made you upset, but I get it. I really get it. I can't say that I don't. I I understand. They because you guys voted uh wow. I was very surprised. But I don't know why I was. But I was surprised. Well, I would have been less surprised if this vote would have been in the last couple of days with like Jonathan Isaac's you know recent announcement about launching like the apparel brand and everything like that, and people are upset about that. That kind of sour taste in your mouth, and you go and you you vote this way. You know, like people people speak in the voting booth. Like you know, they say that around like election time. You're upset about something, like you you take it out in the voting booth. If this would have been the case then I understand it. This here, like strictly, we've talked about this from like a risk reward standpoint. This isn't even like my personal feelings about Jonathan Isaac and like still hoping that he can get healthy. If he can get healthy, if, if, big if, turns into a much more valuable trade piece, one, exponentially increases the the ceiling of this team and how good this team can be raises the floor even to save $10 million this year where you're really not going to be big players in free agency just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. The risk to reward just still far outweighs what you would be gaining by releasing Jonathan Isaac at this point. Whether or not it's likely that he's going to get healthy, who the freaking heck knows? But I think it would just be irresponsible to say, hey, we're just going to cut ties with this guy at this point. Yeah. I, I It was people are tri- people I voted 55% to release him to 44.9% to guarantee. 
Yeah, and if the injury at the end of the season doesn't happen, then this is I mean, of a course, different... but how you can't ignore that. I I get you that. You can't you can't, but at the same time people are acting like it it's an injury that was going to be a season long rehab process. Just because he was out the remainder of the season, that might have felt that way to some people. But I truly do think that it plays a part. Just the there's people being like, oh, well, he wasn't there to me. Like in my mind, whether you realize it or not, I feel like people are just treating it as it was a, a season ending. Yes, but that it was a 12 month rehab process or whatever it was. Right. Just not the case. So, yeah, I don't know if what we were told was true and nothing changed between now and the exit interviews. Jonathan Isaac should be back to 100 percent today, June 5th. Mm-hmm. And we have f- almost four months until way too long. Yeah, we have we have four months. Like media day is October second. The starting tr- start of training camp is going to be October third. So we have four yeah. months between now and the start of the season for Jonathan Isaac to get back into shape and everything like that. Like there shouldn't be any excuse why he's not ready for opening night training camp, all of that kind of stuff. But again, the people that are like, hey, no, like, I really just don't think he can stay healthy. I get that. But you just for let's call it a 1% chance. I still believe that the 1% chance is more valuable than saving $10 million this year. Unless all of a sudden somebody comes out and says, hey, I'm one of those guys that makes $30 million a year and I really want to play for the Orlando Magic. If that's the case, then yeah. Well, one, you wouldn't release him. You would you would include him in the trade to make those salaries work. Like you, you see where I'm getting? Like even if you don't want the guy on the team, having his contract on the team is still more valuable than saving the ten million dollars that you would get by waiving him. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Fair. All right. Next one. Goga Batadze's success wearing the Orlando uniform may surprise others, but he possessed these flashes of traits in Indiana. Buried behind Miles Turner and Damana Sabonis, and a wheel of coaches halted his development. What's next for him in Orlando? The options are pick up his $2 million option or decline the club option. Luke. I'm declining. I'm declining the option. Uh, This is where I'm trying to really connect, right? Like, overwhelmingly, I will spoil, overwhelmingly, people wanted to pick up Goga's I declined it too. I couldn't believe how the other way it was. Well, and I don't hate picking up the option, but like to me, this is I don't want to call it inconsequential, but it's not like a major move by any means, right? Yeah, it's not a major move, but at the same time, I I don't know. I what is your fourth option then? Right? Like if you think that the Magic are going to retain Mo as the third option, pick up a second option player. At, at center behind Dell. I don't know. I don't really like I'm declining it. And the reason I'm confused is because, oh, like people wanted to release Jonathan Isaac and they wanted, but they wanted to pick up Goga. And it's like, like you said, the JI would be involved in a trade for a star, right? So it's not like you're releasing him to get a, like to get someone, correct? And I would think that that's got to be like, are people just doing it? Like if their thought process is I'm releasing Jonathan Isaac to make room on this roster. 
to develop talent, add guys, veterans, whatever. But then you're going to pick up Goga, who you can inconsequentially spoiler release alert, him. Spoiler to make alert: room. That is not why people want to waive Jonathan Isaac. Well, right, but then it becomes. A, I get that, but then it becomes. You know, a couple of years ago or a couple of days ago, you talk about, you know, his thing video he released about the apparel thing like this happened before that. So I just don't I, I don't get it. I thought J.I. might have won people back. Maybe that's was the issue is that he won them back and then got injured. So he broke their hearts again. I don't know. But just people aren't really thinking. They're also not thinking about the fact that it really is just essentially 10 million dollar difference this offseason. Right. People were just like, oh, pick up or release. You know, or keep it or release. I'm just gonna release him. Seventeen million dollars. That's way too much. You know what I mean? Nobody was thinking logically uh on that side. So I don't know, just confusing. But yes, for me, we're we're declining Goga's club option. Yeah, if you draft any one of Taylor Hendricks, Jarris Walker, or Derek Lively, like then Goga's basically immediately like your fourth big and are you going to keep him at that point i don't really know again i don't think of this is like a super big deal it's 20 million dollars i don't feel super strongly about it one way or the other but like if we have a chance to go and get like a mason plumley or like a nas reed in free agency if we don't draft a big then again like goga's then your fourth big and do you want a fourth big because you're probably he's kind of like your third and a half because of the time that Wendell could likely miss. I don't hate it, but I was just so like, to me, this is like a 50, 50 thing for me. I was surprised that we were, and and not that like, Oh, I'm surprised that people disagreed with us because like, we're always right. And we know everything like, no, I just didn't think people felt this strongly about Goga, but yeah, I, I, it's not a big deal, but yeah, it was 79% pick up his option to 21% decline 391 votes. The next one here, we're nearing the end of your tenure as the GM of the Orlando Magic. Just a few more key roster adjustments you need to make before handing the keys back over to Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. Do you pick up Bull Bull's $2 million option or you do, do you decline the Bull Bull $2 million option? To me, there's no reason to decline it. And this is coming from someone who is pretty out on Bull Bull. I feel like Earlier in the offseason, you were like, wave him. Like, you didn't care. Correct. I'm surprised by this. I've had some time. I've grown up a little. (laughs) You've grown. I've grown uh, as a man and as a Magic fan. I've grown. But I'm still very much, pretty much out on Bull Bull, right? But if you look at this, just look at logistically, $2 $2 million for Ball Ball, who could, is he, is he worth $2 million? I, I think so, right? Like, as much as far out as I am on Ball Ball, he and Goga, $2 million. What number would you have to you? get to with Bull to be like, no, I'm declining it? Per season? No, like the option this year, like wh- if it was this number, like it's anything under this, you're good. But if it hits that number, you're like, no, decline. Because I'm probably like I'd say, five million. If it's four, I'm good. If it was five, I would probably decline. But four million down, like why not? Yeah, because there's upside there still, right? Like if he can get it together, as far as for me, the biggest 
one of the bigger things. There's quite a few. But one of the bigger things is just like IQ wise with Bull. If he is able to in the offseason study, become more familiar with this team, this and that and the third, risk is way lower than the reward, in my opinion, on this. So I think you gotta pick up Bull. Yeah, that's where I am. Like it's two million dollars, still a ton of upside there. If he can finally make like the leap and not be lost on almost every single defensive possession and like give you some good minutes there, like Bull Bull can come in and win you ball games. Like yeah. the talent is there. So yeah, we're on the, the the same page there. I'm surprised by that. All right, I think this is the last one. Thank you for your time as the Orlando Magic GM. Tell us about your team. If you would have made different picks that I didn't list on the polls, et cetera, be as specific as you like. This is your team. What's your reasonable expectation of where the team finishes at the end? The options are fight for a play-in spot, strong playoff contender, championship contender, lottery team equals tank, 376 votes. Luke, where are you? I was torn on this one because obviously you're not going to say lottery team. There must have been some trolls in this because there's 1.3% who clicked, ooh, I'm going to hit tank. You're hilarious. 2% championship contender, right? The other two, the two that I was like going between was fight for the playing spot and strong playoff contender. I was very unsure what that meant, to be honest. And because of that, I went for fight for playing spot. Because I think 6 to 10 are, you know, very likely, in my opinion. I just don't know if what strong playoff contender is, to be honest with you. I don't know what where that leaves you. To me, I broke it down to like, he kind of put it, fight for playing spot or strong playoff contender. So to me, strong playoff contender is like six and up. Everything else I just kind of threw into the play-in. I do believe the Magic are good enough to be like the sixth seed next year. I think they are talented enough. Um, I, I think they have what it takes to get there. That being said, what I did when I looked at this is like, let me look at the standings again. And where I'm looking at where the Magic are to get to six, you have to jump Washington, Indiana, Toronto, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta. So you have to basically jump six teams. Actually, no, seven teams because you have to jump Brooklyn as well. You got to jump seven teams to jump into the top six and be a strong playoff contender. Can the Magic do that? I really believe they can. But just like historically speaking, do we see that much improvement from a team with other teams also simultaneously getting worse? I don't think it happens that often. Each year, there's one to two teams that maybe underperform in the regular season. Like this year, for me, it was the Hawks and the Heat. Both of those teams like really underperformed where I thought they would be in the regular season, especially like with DeJounte Murray and then the Miami Heat, we were seeing them play in the NBA Finals. They were one Jimmy Butler three away from the NBA Finals last year. So those teams really underperformed. We're going to see that. Like It's most likely going to be the Brooklyn Nets just because of the drop-off in talent that they've had. But like I, is it the, do the Hawks drop more? You know, do the Bulls drop more? Do the Raptors drop more? I could totally see that. If James Harden leaves Houston. Philadelphia is going to drop a little bit, maybe not out of the playoffs and into the play-in, but 
I didn't think the Heat were going to be in the play-in this year e- either. Does Joel Embiid miss 30 games next year, and then can Philadelphia fall into the play-in? Like, to me, that's totally in the realm of possibilities. Does Jalen Brown want out of Boston, or does Boston decide, hey, we're going to trade Jalen Brown, and do they go in another year with Joe Mazzulla? It seems like they are. And if you trade away Jalen Brown, do the Celtics drop down? Like, I think that's possible as well. Again, are they going to drop all the way down? I don't think so. But that's just kind of everything that went into my thinking. And I said, fight for a play-in spot. I think, but the Magic should be shooting for seven or eight. Nine or 10 to me will be a little bit of a letdown, even though I will be excited to be in the postseason again. But the Magic should be shooting for seven or eight of that play-in. At the the very least, the Magic should be hosting one play-in game next year. Yeah, I agree. So where this came down to is 376 votes. Number one with 51.1 was strong playoff contender. Number two with 44.7% of the vote fight for a play-in spot, followed by championship contender, which was 2.9, and then lottery team, 1.3. If I had to guess whether the Magic were going to be a championship contender next year or tank, I'd probably be closer to tank. So I think it's interesting <laughs> that that got more than double the amounts of votes that a lottery team did. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Optimist versus pessimist. That's all that was. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I'm usually the the optimist, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, Fazan credited a real Tom Petrini who uh, covers the San Antonio Spurs uh, for this idea. So I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, thanks for you know bringing this to, to, to light Fazan. And I think really the whole community Got, got some fun out of this, Luke. Yeah. All right. Before we sign off here again, don't forget, June 22nd, Thursday, doors open at 6.30, the Orlando Magic Draft Party at Amway. You can get your tickets at orlandomagic.com. They are free, but you do have to reserve them to be able to get into the door that night. It's going to be a lot of fun, Luke. Uh, what's going on with the uh, it's tie game with nine minutes, nine seconds left in the third in, in game two of the finals? Let's go Nuggets, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go Nuggets. All right, that's going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!